Welcome to the Circle 31 Podcast. I'm your host, Ayanna Robinson-Dixon. And on today's episode, I'll be speaking with Giselle Elaine Clement. Welcome to the Circle 31 Podcast. We're so happy to have you here with us today. Thank you, Ayanna. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Now, do you mind sharing with um, our audience just a little bit about yourself, a little background? I I love this question. I always (laughs) like, what do I share? Well, who is Giselle? Giselle is first and foremost a woman of God. She is a wife. She's a speaker, coach, mentor. And in this season of her life, God has her speaking to women, women of faith, and equipping them with tools to live a successful life. The word of God speaks about the more abundant life. And that's not when we get to heaven. That's to be had right here. And so my mandate is to equip women of faith with the tools and strategies to live the more abundant life. So that's Giselle. Wow, that is very powerful. Now, uh, Giselle, where are you from? I am from beautiful Trinidad and Tobago. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Amazing, amazing. (sighs) Give us a little bit, because we have listeners um, from all around the world, but for those who are not familiar with Trinidad and Tobago, tell us a little bit about that place. Oh, wow. Well, we're in the Caribbean. We're uh, the second to last island in the chain, one of the most southerly islands in the Caribbean, right before Guyana and Venezuela. So we're right down to the end land of sand, sea, sun, and uh, but we're a country that acknowledges God. Mm. And uh, it's a privilege and an honor to live in Trinidad and Tobago. Trinidad and Tobago actually is named by our Spanish uh, ancestors. Uh, when they colonized us, we're a colony, we were a colony, and it means La Trinity. So we were named after the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we are one of the islands where we are free to serve our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're a multi-religious, multi-ethnic country, but everyone has the right and the freedom to serve God. And I am so happy that I live in Trinidad and Tobago. And so as a Christian, as a believer, we continuously declare over Trinidad and Tobago, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have your way in this land. So that's Trinidad and Tobago. And that's the heritage that I choose to tell people about. Of course, you would hear that we are known for carnival and we are known for oil. We are one of the oil rich countries in the Caribbean and all of that. But yes, first and foremost, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, La Trinity. Okay, I need to digress for just a second. Yes. For those of us who are planning to visit your beautiful country, what uh-huh. is one dish that we must try? One Ayana. Oh my <laughs> God. I know. Okay. Top, top, top three. If we're going okay. out, give us top three. Okay. First and foremost, when you hit the airport, they will take you for a popular street food known as doubles. So it's like a, a fried bread. I'll, I'll describe it as that with chickpeas in the middle and it's curried and then you have all the toppings you have uh, uh 
sauces, so the hot sauce and, and all the other condiments to, to make up this. So that's the first thing that you have to try once you come through customs and you're out in the street, they will carry you for that. Then second, number two, you have to have a roti. So this is in the same family as the doubles, but it's bigger and heavier. It's a full meal. So you could have different meats. So it could be a chicken roti, beef roti, shrimp roti, duck roti, or all of the above. Ooh. And you have that with potato, curried potato, curried chickpeas, uh, mango, curried mango. So that's the second thing. Then the third uh, you have to have something called pilau. The closest thing that you would, could link to that is jambalaya. Mm. It's that kind of cooked rice with a lot of meat and, and, and all that good stuff in it. So that's number three. And I have to slip in number four because it, <laughs> it, they will kill me. It's Trinidad and Tobago because you will be going over to the sister isle. It's one country two islands gotcha. so you have to go over to tobago and there you would have the crab and dumpling curry crab and dumpling no. now i have a top 10 list but you only tell me give you the top three and i already slipped in you four. already did so, <laughs> but that, that will get you started ayana <laughs> now what we need to do is we will have the top 10 in your show notes okay Okay, no problem. Yes. So, for, so let's just review before we move on. Number one, we're going to try doubles. doubles. Yes. Number two, we're going to have roti. Yes. Number three, we're going to have pilau. Yes. And number four, we're going to go to Tobago and have uh -huh. crab and dumplings. That's right. You got Ooh, it. All right. You got it. All right. <laughs> Thank you for helping us out with that, Giselle. Welcome. You now, are welcome. In your introduction, you, you mentioned um, several hats that you wear. Yes. And um, such so such inspiring work that you're doing for God. And I would like us to talk about that. Um, you're a speaker, you're a coach, you're a mentor, and you say your heart is for women of faith. Yes. So talk to us about um, that particular focus and passion that you have. Um, and how did that develop? How did you know that was your area? I grew up in the church. You know, I was known as the loudest baby in the church. So I, <laughs> church is what I knew. And, and as we grew up, we, when we grew up, we were taught ministry and your secular life. There is no separation. So wherever God leads you, that's ministry. Some people are called to full-time ministry and some people are called to the marketplace. But that is still your ministry. So I grew with that consciousness high school, college, university, my chosen career path. But to me, this was all part and parcel of ministry. And I have always been dealing and treating and, and equipping women. Mm -hmm. So in, in, my, in the corporate world, I trained and developed women. In my ministry life, I dealt with women. So it has always been a part of my development into Christianity. My mom is a minister and you know, a prayer warrior, the intercessor. So you get that understanding that as a woman of God, your foundation is prayer and worship. Everything else could come after, but to be rooted and grounded, it's prayer and worship. And you know, women are usually, and a few good men are the engine room behind prayer. And so that's my foundation, Ayana. So 
Now, in this season, as I said, and I use those words very, very particularly, in this season when I'm really focusing on equipping women as, as a full-time job, mm-hmm. I've always been doing it. And so that's my journey to this point. That's beautiful. Talk to us about, um, I want to talk a little bit about your experience in, in, in the secular corporate world mm-hmm. um, and tell us about how, what your approach was at that time mm-hmm. in identifying uh, potential leaders um, in, in the women around you and how you would go about developing those, those talents. So by training, I am an academic librarian. And so my my experience in the secular corporate world is academic libraries and education. I'm an educator. And so my degrees are in organizational leadership and development. So I was responsible for training and development uh, of the new librarians, getting them in touch with what the current, the cutting edge of leadership and really creating that leadership pipeline. So that's my background. And so after doing that for 16 plus years, uh, I'd have to say it wasn't by choice that I transitioned into this. And that's a story in itself. I'm sure we'll come to that a bit later. But the challenge was to take all my training in leadership to take all my experience in developing leaders. And now I'm focusing on women of faith. Before it it was everyone, that's my job. Didn't matter what faith you were, my job is to equip you. But now that I'm focusing on women of faith, that that's a unique uh, uh, group. And so I really have to develop systems, strategies, techniques grounded in the word But also coupled with the word, my research background, what does the research say? So when I speak to women, Ayana, they're getting a holistic, a 360 perspective on how am I to develop as a woman of faith and developing my leadership rule. What has God called me to do? What has he placed me here to do? How do I find it? How do I accept it? How do I start to walk in it? And if I get off course, how do I get back on course? If I have to transition, how do I do that? So I come in with a how to, what do you do? How do you do it? And that's the answers that I provide. So that's how I made the switch, the transfer from the corporate into now strictly dealing with women of faith. Okay, so as we talk about women of faith, is there a particular uh, type of woman leader Mm -hmm. that you are called to? Is it a a woman in leadership in all areas of ministry or is it a Mm -hmm. specific type of woman that you are called to help? I am of the belief that you are a leader wherever you are planted. Mm -hmm. So you could be a homemaker, you're a leader. You have to know how to lead there. You could be in the office, you are a leader. And so I deal with the run run of the gamut. You are a leader wherever you are planted. So I, I don't want people to think that, okay, that excludes me because I don't have X amount of degrees and I don't have all this corporate experience. So she's not speaking to me. No, ma'am, you're in the home. With five kids, you better know how to lead. In this pandemic time, you better know how to lead because I'm sure your home had to pivot and your husband, if you have one, look to you. 
what are we going to do, sweetheart? And if you were alone and it's just you or your single parent and the kids, you have to have that conversation with yourself and the Holy Spirit. Mm. What are we going to do? So mm. you had to develop some competencies of leadership. Then you had to tap into some dormant ones that you had and ones that you didn't know you possessed to lead your home. So leadership wherever you are. Beautiful. You mentioned before that um, of prayer and worship mm. being the foundation yes. for women in leadership. Can, let's talk, can we talk about that a little bit more and, and talk to us about why those two uh, prayer and worship are so key for us? Sure. In, in my ministry, I call them the two foundational pillars. Mm-hmm. That's the pattern we see in the Bible, Ayana, that before every decision, before they did anything, what did they do? They built an altar and they prayed and they worshiped. And after they got the victory, what did they do? They remembered through this altar and they named the place. This place is called Jaira because in this place with the account of Abraham and God provided the ram, he called this place Jaira because I saw the provision of God. So that's why everything I do, it must be rooted in prayer. That's my connection. Worship, that's my sustenance. Because even though I'm dealing with women of faith, it's not a walk in the park. And you really have to... to, to have grit sometimes. You have to have resilience sometimes. And so those pillars keep me up. Very clearly, God reminded me, you're not going to be successful, yeah, without putting these pillars in place, mm-hmm. prayer and worship. So that's my understanding. And that's why I incorporate it into what I do now. Can we talk some about your transition from the corporate workplace to ministry? Why did it happen? And, and, and tell us your process as going through that transition. Sure. So as I said, it, it wasn't willing, a willing transition. I lost my job at the time I lived in the Bahamas. And I, I you know, I'm at the top of my career. I'm, I'm heading to where I want it to be because I planned this and I've been working this plan for a number of years. Mm. So this job and this position that I held really positioned me to be at the head at the time I already started my PhD. And so everything was working together for my good, hallelujah, somebody. And so when my contract was not renewed and I had to come back to Trinidad, I was like, God, remember? plan (laughs) all things working together this this was not part of the plan Uh, my my career history has been I've worked abroad a lot and so when I come back home to Trinidad it would just be to rest for a couple of months and do nothing then get another job and leave again but this time was different I thought I would just bounce back as previously but no Six months turned into a year, a year turned into a year and a half, and a year and a half turned into two years when I realized, okay, I'm really not getting a job again. Wow. During that time, of course, I'm going through all my emotional turmoil because I I couldn't understand why at this point this was happening to me. 
I got angry with God. I, I really couldn't understand it. Uh, my personal life, again, you know, I'm, I'm preparing to be married and all of that. And, and you, you're getting into this with this hanging over your head as it were, it was not a good feeling. So I really didn't know what was going on. But it was out of that that came what I speak about, transition paralysis. Mm-hmm. And how do you overcome transition paralysis? I was in a state of paralysis, Ayana, mm-hmm. for two years and counting. I couldn't believe that this has happened to me. And that's where I stayed. Angry, hurt, in pain. Pride hurt. Because hey, this is Giselle. This right. this shouldn't happen. This is your girl, Giselle, man. You <laughs> know, <laughs> the, the, the brightest and the best. Uh-huh. I studied so hard for this God. So, mm-hmm. and but out of that, as I said, Diana, I understood what it meant to be in a state of paralysis, and I liken it unto Lot's wife. God gave the mandate to leave, to leave, to leave by the hook or the crook, leave. Yeah, but because of the attachment, because of what she felt she would be losing, mm. she looked back. Mm-hmm. And today, I thank God that I didn't get to that point that I was so overcome with what I felt I, I lost that I looked back and I, I wanted to go back. And at that point, I realized, okay, Giselle, purpose is still unfolding God still has a plan it's your job now to have a conversation again and say okay Mm. you're rewriting the script a bit yes let's have a conversation well what what are my lines in this new part of the script God I, I didn't learn these lines in the previous script yes and it was only at that point that I started to move forward and accept that he he is changing the trajectory. He he made me train for 16 plus years, but I'm doing the same thing that I've always done, just with a different flavor, a different audience, but training was done. Just like he trained the Hebrew boys Mm -hmm. to come back to lead, God trained me. So going to school, getting all these degrees was not in vain. Mm -hmm. I wasn't training to be doing what I'm doing now. And so that's what I speak of. And I want, I would want to leave those tips with your listeners. How do you overcome transition paralysis when life pushes you into a transition? Sometimes you choose the transition. You might choose to move to another state from New York to Florida. You choose, but it's still a transition and you need to be equipped to handle and navigate everything that comes along with this transition. So that's how I made the switch. That is the history. That's the backstory mm-hmm. to, to, to where I am now. Transition paralysis. So mm-hmm. there could be so many different um, situations that bring us to a point where we are experiencing transition paralysis. That's right. So for our listening audience, maybe this is the first time they've heard that phrase mm-hmm. and maybe they can see themselves in that, that they feel stuck, um, that they feel like, you know, they should be moving forward, but they, for whatever reason, 
they can't get one foot in front of the other. Giselle, mm-hmm. what would you say to, to the women listening that identify with you when, you when you were describing your moment of transition paralysis? How do they begin to get unstuck? Sure. Uh, Ayana, first they have to understand, and as you said, anything could be a transition. Mm-hmm. As I said, you move state. Yeah. A divorce is a transition. Mm-hmm. Job loss is a transition. Yeah. Anything, any and everything could be a transition. Mm-hmm. And then you have to understand, secondly, how it affects you. A trans- transition, you have to understand that it's your ability to adapt to the change that comes with a transition on four levels, emotional level, behavior level, physical level, and emotional. Give us those again. Sure. Behavior level, mm-hmm. emotional level, emotional. attitudinal level, mm-hmm. and physical level. Very good. A transition affects you on all those levels. Mm-hmm. And uh, as women, because I speak to women, but a, a transition affects everyone. We need to understand that before we start or before we attempt to navigate through and out of the transition. And that's where our first mistake is, Ayana. We try to fast track the process. Okay, so let me see how quick I could get out of this. Let Mm -hmm. me see how quick I could get onto my next, my next. Yes, you're getting onto your next, but there is something that you need to learn one as you go through this transition. You have to become more self-aware because I remember I said all my training, it's still being in use. So I train people about developing their competencies in the job market. You hear about competencies. Yeah. What skills do you have? Well, Ayana, you need skills to navigate through a transition. So you have to understand what is happening to me on the emotional front? What has happened to me in my attitude, my behavior, physically? And as I said, it's only when I understood what was happening to me on all those levels and I acknowledged it, one, because you, you could be in denial for a very long time. Yeah. You could be, I, I call it the ostrich syndrome, mm. the ostrich syndrome. And we know yeah. what the ostrich does. Yeah. Head in the sand. Right. You could stay there for a very long time. Yeah. For me, it was two years and counting. Yeah. And it's only at that point that I said, okay, I'm not willing to move forward. Mm. And that's the point where you can, someone can now help you get out of the paralysis it's a biblical principle. The man was at the pool of Bethesda. What did Jesus do? Did he come and pick him up and say, oh, oh. no, he asked him, what do you want? So it's only when I realized all of the, 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 the impact of this transition on all those fronts, I was ready to hear God ask me the question again. Okay, Giselle, what do you want? And it's at that point I decided, well, I can't go back. I can't stay here. I have to move forward. So, okay, what are your new instructions? Mm. We're ready. I'm ready. Ready. So that's where you have to start. Mm. That's what I would tell any woman. This is what you have. I'm not fast tracking this thing with you because 
as you continue living, you will always go through another transition and another transition. And the key is to get better, more effective, yeah. more efficient at going through the transition. You shouldn't be responding in the same way. The length of time spent shouldn't be the same because you're becoming more adept. You're able to identify which competencies do I need for this transition? Hmm. Okay, you go to your toolkit, you pull it out and you apply it. That's the measurement that I'm getting better at this. I'm understanding how the machinery works and now I'm able to apply the tools and the techniques. So that's where we would start Ayana. You have to acknowledge what the transition is doing to you on those four levels. Mm -hmm. Then we could start to talk about, okay, how to get out of it. Giselle, can you talk to us about the importance of grit in the midst of a transition? The technique that I use with women is called I-CLAP, the I-CLAP technique of transition management, I-C-L-A-P. And in the L, the L stands for learning. As you go through a transition, Ayana, you have to relearn, unlearn, and reframe. And all those components adds up to you developing a mindset of resilience. Mm -hmm. Because to go through a transition, you need a mindset of resilience. So you have to want unlearn. Some things that worked for you in your past life, past season, may not work for you as you go through this transition into your next season. So you have to unlearn those things, strip, tabula rasa state. You have to relearn some things, some things that you knew before, they may not necessarily be wrong, but you have to massage them, adapt them, to where you're heading now. So you have to relearn how to do it again. So you learn to ride a bike as a child and you haven't been on a bike in, oh my gosh, 20 <laughs> plus years. Right. So you're now, you're, you're going on holiday, Ayana, and, and oh, we're going to ride a bike. It would take you a moment to get your rhythm back. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So that's the relearning. It's the same tool but you have to relearn how to use it. Now, how do I do this again? Okay, I'm getting it. Okay, right? And then you have to reframe. What do I mean by frame? If you think of a photographer in the olden days when we, we would print it and go to the dark room, they used frames, yes? Mm -hmm. And then if you're building a, a, a scene, it would go in a particular order. You have to change the order of things you know in your head, your knowledge base, yeah. reframe it. Okay, probably this needs to be prioritized more in terms of what I learn. So you will seek to get knowledge in this area more than another area because this is what is needed now. Mm -hmm. And as I said, all of that, the unlearning, the relearning and the reframing helps you to develop a mindset of resilience, the ability to sustain your onward movement through a transition. Um, talk to us about the 
importance of being a woman who is able to do more than a few things well. So we, you know, many of us are doing several different, we were involved um, in ministry, our, our secular jobs, family, home. What is the key to, to uh, maintaining that resilience so that we are living a quality life and that we're keeping Christ at the center of that? Two things I, I want to touch on. There's a saying in Trinidad that we have that you can be the jack of all trades, but the master of none. You all might say it differently, meaning the no. same thing. Mm -hmm. Jack of all trades. You could do a bit of everything. I could do a bit of plumbing, carpentry, anything you call me to do, I could do, but I'm the master of none. And I think that was the thinking for the Christian woman coming up in, in, in our time coming up in the church that you had to be involved in everything because this was proof of your Christianity. My goodness. Yeah. I think now that God, as, as, as you pursue purpose, I'm not saying that you would not be involved in multiple things, but it's more streamlined because firstly, you understand your purpose. Mm. Then you understand what activities would come under me pursuing this purpose. And so you are now able, better able to filter out those activities that do not support your purpose in God, your pursuit of purpose. And I think Christian women, women of faith are more aware of this. And so they are being more strategic in their pursuit of purpose. Secondly, we must establish boundaries. Mm, that's good. And another misconception that we had growing up in the church is that the busier you are, it's the more saved you are. But if we really are honest and we look back, were they being effective? in ministry were they being strategic at the end of the day they were just simply tired mm. but they felt i'm tired so hallelujah i'm doing the work of the lord mm. i think again there is no separation and god doesn't want us to be so tired and and so sick physically, that we now are ineffective to carry out the work of the Lord. So we need to set boundaries and those boundaries will be directed by your understanding of your purpose. And you have to be fiercely focused on the purpose and fiercely guarded of anything that would want to come and interfere and take you off course. Because if you are not fiercely focused and fiercely guarded, that's where the distraction would come in. And then you fall prey to the doing everything, getting busy, busy, busy. What do we know about that, Martha? I was Mary. just about to say. It. <laughs> go ahead. Right of, no, you go ahead. You get right out of my mouth. Talk to us about it, Giselle. Martha and Mary, there's a time and place for everything the word says under the sun. There's a time to sit at Jesus's feet and there's a time to work. We have to discern the times and the season. When is the time to do which? 
Another saying we have here, word to the wise is sufficient. So as we move forward, nearing 2022, we have to think about ourselves, Ayana, as women of God. Okay, there's a time to be a Mary and there's a time to be a Martha. I have to know. And then I have to know when to switch quickly, quickly, quickly. Yeah, <laughs> I can't be one dimensional. So we're not saying one is better than the other. We just have to know when to switch gears. And that's what I will say about that discern the times and the seasons that you are in. Uh, develop the ability to switch smoothly. It's like driving a car smoothly, yeah? yeah? Uh-huh. And get the work done. Giselle, you, you mentioned boundaries. That is mm-hmm. such an important conversation to have, I think, among women. Yeah. Um, perhaps many of us, for one reason or another, may have developed this um, need, I'm using air quotes, Mm -hmm. to feel like we always have to say yes to everything. And perhaps that has developed over the years in our lives for one reason or another. So I I feel like I see a shift of some kind in in the body of Christ among women where they're um, comfortable with establishing boundaries and saying, no, I'm not able to do that. I feel like it has changed um, over the years, but just in case there are some people who feel uncomfortable yes. setting those boundaries. And, and, and what I like is that you connected boundaries to purpose. So mm-hmm. can you please encourage us on if this is something I'm feeling uncomfortable about? I'm, the word no, does it, I feel uncomfortable about that. Can you talk to us, help us to dig underneath getting that sure. wrong? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would reiterate, it has to be connected to purpose because the word boundaries, it's been given a bad rap. If you yes. use the word boundaries, like, oh my God, you're not right. saved. Something is wrong with you. How dare you say no? Right. But no, I, even Jesus had boundaries. He, he, when he was tempted by, by Satan, that was an exercise of establishing boundaries. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the devil couldn't get him to do anything outside of the word. That's so it. one, we have to know the word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have to respectfully have conversations where we feel, okay, at this time, I am unable to do this. So this is my boundary and stick to it. We can't allow ourselves to be guilted into doing things and things and things just for. Now, I'm not saying be rebellious. Right. And out of order and not understanding and submission to your leadership and all of that. We are not saying that. Correct. What we are saying <laughs> in the holistic understanding of how the kingdom works, God is a God of order. And so there must be boundaries even in your personal life, in order for you to be effective and effectively carry out your purpose. So you shouldn't be afraid of establishing boundaries. And then you will see a trickle down effect to your personal life where you are better able, even in your family, with your children, you know, okay, no, mommy needs this time. A simple act like that is a boundary that can be so helpful to your mental health and your wellness. Mm -hmm. So we have to baby steps probably, but take them and start establishing boundaries and they become easier over time. I'm still working 
mm-hmm. on establishing bonds because I'm the person who will say yes to everything mm-hmm. and then be they're like but why are you arguing no why didn't you say no okay mm-hmm. but it's a working progress I know be encouraged but you have and that's all part of helping you be resilient Resilient, another way to look at resilience is the ability to bounce back. Yes. So if you have no boundaries, you can't bounce back because you'll always be in a constant state of go, 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 go. There must be an ebb and flow, a rest for you to be able to bounce back. And I'll give you a Trinidadian term. You must develop bounce back ability. Oh, I like it. Yes. So be comfortable, be comfortable, be comfortable with establishing boundaries. And that's going to help you as you transition, as you continue to pursue purpose. How how do we discover our purpose? Where does that start? Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. And so we start with the word. The word is the revealed purposes of God. So if you're listening and you're saying, but I'm unsure, I don't know. You all are talking about purpose. I get so anxious every time I hear that word because I don't know my purpose. How do I find my purpose? (laughs) I don't have any Einstein kind of answer for you. Start reading the word. And you would click, you will get a clear picture of God's mind for you. Mm. Second, rebuild your personal altar. What do I mean? Go and get some stones and build it in your house? No, that's not necessary. Find a time and a space with prayer and worship. You submit yourself to God and you talk to God. And you listen for him speaking back to you. And he will reveal things to you in the time of prayer. Those are the foundational methods of someone asking that question. How do I find my purpose in God? Read his word. Talk to him in prayer. Worship him and let him speak back to you. Another way of finding your purpose, I tell everyone, some things you just have it on your heart and it's not letting you go that you want to do. So for somebody listening, I know that they love the elderly and they love to take care of the elderly. They love to see them comfortably and they, they have it in their heart to do something, God. I want to do something, build a home. I don't know. I want, I love the elderly. But you're saying, eh, that's probably just a thought. Uh, but it's not leaving you. It's not leaving you. My advice to anyone is to start taking a step. Start taking the course, the the caretaker course, the the whatever course they have offering, get yourself qualified, start volunteering at homes. If your church has that type of ministry, start volunteering. And in that way, you start to find out, okay, I really love this. I really have a knack for it. 
when I'm with them, oh my God, I bring a smile to their face. So it's as you go, as you try the thing that is always on your heart and on your mind, you find out this is a part of my purpose. Have you built the home as yet? No. So that shouldn't stop you. Just start. Ayana, just start. And you find your purpose sometimes as you go, as you obey God. You hear an instruction from God, go do this. God, what, what, what is that for? <laughs> obey and just start. And in that way, purpose comes because purpose is all about obedience. Mm, that's good, Giselle. Yeah. Very encouraging words. Now, before um, we, we run out of time today, I want to make sure um, that you speak to us about your podcast. Maybe yes. What your podcast? So my podcast is called Pearls of Wisdom. Pearls of Wisdom, where I reveal the pearls of wisdom from my life's experience. And I bring women along with me to discuss their experience. And in, those, in that way, we share the pearls, you know, the oral tradition in your family, your auntie or your mommy and your grandmother and your great, 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 and everybody is passing down the traditions of the family, the stories. Well, we share the pearls of wisdom. We are not going to make the same mistake by saying, I don't need to hear your experience. Your experience cannot teach me anything. Oh, no, no. We are going to learn from each other. Mm -hmm. And in that way, we empower, we educate, and we enlighten women of faith. So that's what the Pearls of Wisdom podcast, we talk about every and anything from faith to leadership, to parenting, to self-care, to intentionality, to resilience, and everything else in between. Because women of faith, we deal with those issues as well. And so we need to talk about it. So it's a space created to talk, to share, to learn, to be equipped. That's the Pools of Wisdom podcast. Beautiful. And talk to us about your consultancy. So it's called Pearls of Great Price Empowerment Services. So everything stems from Pearls of Great Price Empowerment Services, that parable in the Bible where the rich ruler, he found a pearl of great price and he went and he sold everything he had to come and purchase this pearl. So our mantra is you, woman. You are that pearl of great price to God. Mm -hmm. And my job is to show you why and to bring it out of you, help you to express that greatness, that value, your uniqueness as that pearl that God has made. There is no two pearls that are alike. And so what, what we want to do is to help women to see that and walk in that. The fullness of God the fullness of God in their expression, in their relationships, in everything as they walk this earth. So that's what Pearls of Great Price Empowerment Services is about, where I'm the lead empowerment speaker, coach, and mentor. Beautiful. And where can we find you um, online or on social media? Sure. So I'm on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and uh 
You can also email me if you need more information about the services that I offer. And that's through pearls of great price one at gmail.com. Pearls of great price one at gmail.com. And let's have a conversation. That's beautiful. Giselle, is there anything you've already shared so much and given us so much to think about um, and to reflect on? in this conversation. Are there any words you have for us that you'd like to leave us with as we wrap up our conversation today? Sure, I'll just go back to that, that concept of the pool. Mm-hmm. We know how the pool is formed, mm-hmm. yeah? Mm-hmm. From a grain and it goes through a period called the incubation period mm-hmm. where it's developed and formed color-wise everything and and then when it's fully ready that's where the value is placed on it and and the the money that you pay for this pool I want to leave with your listeners Ayana don't rush the incubation period you may be feeling right now that God nothing is happening in my life Mm -hmm. I'm in this transition I'm stuck and nothing is happening No, you're in the incubation period. Those of you who are mothers, Mm -hmm. the baby goes through the incubation period, but in the fullness of time, it appears. Learn the lessons you need to learn in the incubation period. Mm -hmm. Don't rush to get out of the incubation period. Let God understand the voice of God again, because that's what I had to do. I had to learn to hear him again in my incubation period. So in the fullness of time, when he was ready to release me into what I'm doing now, I could walk out with confidence. And my wish and my prayer is that you will walk out of your transition out of your incubation period with confidence so those are my final words wait 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 Giselle it has been an honor thank you so much for joining us today on the Circle 31 podcast it was my pleasure being there I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation if today's episode was a blessing to you Visit our website at circle31internationalwomensministry.org to follow our podcast, listen to past episodes, and to read our blog. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Thank you for joining us today.